Each spring, CMC hosts its annual Maximum Man Conference. This two-day, men-only event is designed to equip, empower, and encourage men. Now, enjoy this message from Lead Pastor Ashley Ellison. I love speaking to the men, and I'm always about the theme. I love the theme. As we have themes and we're working, and I walked in here and I'm like, man, I feel like a man looking at this stage. Uh, the, the only thing you missed was some deer mounts. We'll have to work on that for next time. But uh, if we're going to be a maximum man, I needed to know what the word maximum meant. So I, I'm into words and I looked it up, and, and the word maximum means as great, as high, or as intense as possible. As great, as high, or as intense as possible, or as permitted. The second definition that I found, and I really like this, the greatest amount attained. Not given, but attained. The greatest amount attained. Well, how do we do that? Because if you just talk the word maximum man, you've got to understand that that can be looked at different depending on who you're talking to. From someone who doesn't know Jesus... A maximum man is different than someone who's a Christian. I, I mean, really, the definition could be the same, but what are you talking about? What, what you're talking about is what's attained. See, the greatest, the highest, the most intense that's possible. Well, you got to define what that is, and that's what we've been doing last night and this morning is this is what we're trying to attain. This is what we're looking to get. Ephesians 5.1 gives us the Christian's model for this. The Bible says, imitate God, therefore in everything you do, because you're his children. I like the way the message puts it. The message puts it as in it says this, watch what God does and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Watch what God does, and then you do it. In Genesis, it says we're made in the image of God. We are to look, come on guys, we're to look as close as possible or as close as permitted to God as we can. That's, that's our goal. So if we're going to, I just wanted to define maximum man as quick as I could based on a dictionary definition and then taking the role of Christianity and putting those together. I read some real interesting statistics. I, I've been on this kick for the last three months of getting men pumped up. I, I just, I, it's been what I've been talking about with friends. I, I'll go to lunch and we'll talk about, man, the men got to get involved. And I, I, I heard this statistic and I, it just overwhelmed me. It, very interesting. Less than 10% of children who come to know Jesus win their whole family to the Lord. Less than 10% of kids that know Jesus win their whole family to the things of God. Over 10% of women who come to know Jesus, of all the ones that come to know him, over 10% of those win their family to the Lord. Well, I thought that was real interesting. And then I heard this. Of men that come to know the Lord, 94% of men that come to know the Lord win their family to the things of God. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm into making money. I'm into investments. I'm into figuring out how I can get the most return for whatever I'm engaging in. And I, I was thinking about this. I would, I, I'd be thrilled to make 10% on money 
in short term. I'm, I'm good with that. 10% is a good investment. But if I know of an investment that's going to make me 94% return on my money, that's where I'm going. Here's the thing. The church has, has developed all its programs around children and women. If we get a hold of this principle and say, well, wait a minute here. We need to have a bunch of men's programs. We get a 94% on men. A 94% return of getting the family and everybody excited about the things of God. And if we're going to grow the church in the world, it's going to take some maximum men. It's going to take some guys who says, I'm in on this. I'm going to be a part of it. See, the best chance we have to increase the church, we got to increase the men. Not only in numbers, but in maturity. So we've got to increase the men. And, and I'm, I'm all about the women and the children, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have programs for them. But it seems like that is where we put all our focus, and we have lost the focus on winning men. Winning men. It's important. Uh, the men have quit leading. We've been talking about this. The men need some men to step it up. Men need men. Iron sharpens iron. We need men. The church has the answer. I get that, but it needs to be communicated by the man for the biggest return on the investment. Without men, we're not investing in the highest return. Are you seeing what I'm saying? We've got to invest. So, so what do we do? What do we do? We've got to get men reestablished biblically, and we've got to figure out how to get our most highest, intense, greatest return will be on getting men to their highest point in the things of God. Our families have got to get back to church in our society. I'm just sick and tired of everything in our community, everything in our community revolving around the school, revolving around Sports, and I'm for sports, but understand, everything revolves around something other than the church. Well, how did that happen? Men took a back seat. Men took a back seat. Our families have got to take a role change in our societies. The Christian families can no longer continue to submit to our society. We've got to get a different mindset. Families falling apart, guys, is not God's way. It's not. It's just not God's way. The sin and condition of society is a reflection of the sin and the condition in our homes. Let me say that again because I'll make sure you got that. The sin and the condition of society is a reflection of the sin and the condition in our homes. The home is going to have to be the catalyst to bring our culture where it needs to be. The home has to change before the culture changes. You can bellyache and whine about what's going on in your community, but you better get your home fixed. Because it takes that taking place before you're going to see society change. It takes every member of the home taking their responsibility. But understand this. If you go back to the statistics I've already said, the women aren't influencing the men. The women, aren't, the, the women aren't doing it. The, the, the kids are not influencing. The person who's going to have the influence is the man. 
The man is the one that has the influence. So if you get a hold of that, all of a sudden, if we're going to bring our homes and get everybody taking their rightful responsibility, you got to win the man. you got to win the man. You as a man have to maximize your responsibility. Years ago, I, I was right where a lot of our homes are. I, I, was, I, I was in a crisis. My marriage was falling apart. My finances were horrible. It was not a good position to be in. And I went to a marriage seminar that was actually hosted by Tim in Branson. And I don't remember anything really that first seminar except for one word uh, from the, the Bible that changed my whole life. And I memorized it. I put it in little sticky notes in my car. I put it on my mirror as I get ready in the morning that I had to look at myself. I'm going to read this verse, and this verse is going to be my model. Because I was a man, and I thought I was a maximum man. And I don't want you leaving here this weekend thinking you're a maximum man when you don't understand the principles that will make you that. I thought I had it all figured out. I mean, I'd been to college. I was a licensed counselor. I could do anything that I needed to do as far as telling people how they need to fix their life. Except for mine was in shambles. And here's what I did. I blamed my wife. She was the reason. And I was a praying man. God, please just fix her and everything would be fine. Come on, there's somebody here praying that same prayer. Lord, if you just fix her, please. She just treats me bad. Man, if you were married to my wife, and, and see what, that's the kind of thing that we start thinking, and then we, we release ourselves from the responsibility. But here's the verse that changed me Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Lest the Lord build the house, they labor in vain who built it. That's all I heard that first marriage retreat, and I thought, okay, big boy. You think you got it all figured out. Here's your problem. You're trying to build something that you don't have the ability to build. I have it. And if you will get a hold of who I am in your life, and I thought I kind of had it figured out. I'd made some commitments. I mean, I made some commitments to him. Countless topics being covered this weekend on how to maximize your life. But I want to talk about the commitment that you have made to the Lord today. I mean, commitment's a big word. You committed to be here this weekend or you wouldn't be sitting right where you're at. You, you made a commitment. You had to go. You had to leave everybody else and go. Everyone knows somebody who's highly committed. I mean, my wife's grandparents just celebrated 70 years of marriage. I thought, that is just phenomenal. 70 years of marriage. I mean, it takes a couple of things to make that happen. One is you can't die. And I mean, you, both of you, you know, you both got this. But 70 years of marriage. They're in their 90s and married, and I'm just, I am blown away with their commitment. I, I know several people who were in the same job for 40 or 50 years. That's commitment. I mean, I, I think about the word commitment. A pastor serving a particular church for 40 years. The, I, I know several pastors, 30, 40 years, been in a church. When I'm sitting here on the front. Been in the same church for that long. The average pastor makes it less than four years, statistically speaking, in a church. Commitment is rare these days. It really is. Because we are able to point out the few that are like, Wow. That's amazing that they made it that long. Well, that's just commitment. 
That didn't used to be the wow, that used to be the norm. People commit to things and then they back up, they back out, they don't show up. Marriage is something few are committed to. Dads aren't committed to their kids. Pastors are not committed to their church. And guys, people aren't committed to the Lord. That's the problem. See, without a commitment to the Lord, you're going to have a hard time committing to anything about the Lord. The commitment to the Lord has to be first. People aren't committed to their wives because they're not committed to the Lord. They're not committed to the church because they're not committed to the Lord. They're committed to their kids going to a ball game. They're committed to this. They're committed to their friends on Friday night. They're committed to their hobby. But we don't have a commitment to the Lord. Christ stepped out of heaven, mocked, doubted, ridiculed, tired, hungry, and he could have said, enough is enough, but he honored his commitment to his people. That's what God did for us. That's what Christ did for us. The question is, how do you do that? How do you do that? Well, if we go back to the definition of a Christian maximum man, we are imitators of God. What did God do? What did God do? There's a big problem here. Commitment is the first step, but there's a step that's got to take place after that. I, I was reading some quotes, and the quotes I was reading uh, came from General Patton. And it was about a word that we don't get a hold of very well, but it's called surrender. But as a man's man, think about this. General Patton said, my men don't surrender. John F. Kennedy, one path we shall never choose is the path to surrender. General Robert E. Lee said he would rather die a thousand deaths than to surrender to Ulysses S. Grant. Winston Churchill's most famous speeches during World War II ended with the admonition to his people. We shall fight on the beaches, we shall fight on the landing grounds, but we shall never surrender. Now, we think about that, well, that's a man's man. That's a world's definition of man. Here is the problem that I see in our society. Not in just in our, in our Christian society. We look at there's nothing less manly than surrender, but surrender is the whole key to the gospel. So we've got, we've, got to, we've got to figure out this. From a worldview, masculinity says don't surrender. But from a Christian standpoint, masculinity says surrender. Are you seeing the difference? Uh, that Without surrender, you can't fulfill what God wants you to do. If we're looking to Jesus and we're to be an imitator of him, then we, not, we got to know what he did. Matthew 26, 39. He said, not my will but yours be done. Now, that's surrender. That's surrender. At some point, we got to be willing to say, God, it's not about me and what I want, but that takes surrender. That takes surrender. Letting him have his way. No, nothing else happens until the step of surrender takes place for you to reach and attain your full potential as a maximum man, for you to be the MVP, for you to respond right in a crisis situation. See, the captain of the ship looked into the dark night and saw faint lights in the distance. Immediately, he told his signalman to send a message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. Promptly, a return message was received. 
alter your course 10 degrees north. The captain was angered. His command had been ignored. So he sent a second message. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am the captain. Soon another message was received. Alter your course 10 degrees, south, 10 degrees north. I am seaman third class Jones. Immediately, the captain sent a third message, knowing the fear it would evoke. Alter your course 10 degrees south. I am a battleship. Then the reply came, alter your course 10 degrees north. I am a lighthouse. <laughs> there are many people, there are many men who want to control their life. And I know that I was right there. I wanted control of my own life. And, and, and really, I had committed, but I didn't understand surrender to the Lord Jesus. See, we, when we don't listen to God's instructions for our life, we are ultimately going to crash. We're going to crash. The lost man, they're lost because they refuse to commit. Come on, you, you've heard the term, and we talk, commit to Jesus. We've just been talking about that. Commit to Jesus, commit to Jesus. The lost man won't commit. But I'm not talking to the lost man today. I'm talking to a bunch of people who have committed their lives to Jesus. The problem we have, men, is we're not surrendering. And you say, oh, wait a minute. I thought those were the same thing. There's a difference between commitment and surrender. Commitment, the difference is, when you make a commitment, you're still in control. When you make a commitment, you're still in control, no matter how noble the thing you've committed to is. See, you can commit to prayer. you got to follow me here. You can commit to prayer. You can commit to study the Bible. You can, permit to, you, you can commit to giving your money. You can commit to making an automobile payment or to lose weight. Whatever you choose. You can commit to it. Come on, you can make the commitment. And we got a lot of people, a lot of men committing to Jesus. Surrender is different. If someone holds a gun and asks you to lift your hands in the air as a token of surrender, you don't tell that individual, well, I, oh, well I'm committed to. You just lift your hands and surrender. See, that's... That's what you, you, you don't say, whoa, I've got all these other commitments. You just lift your hand and surrender. Are you hearing me? You just surrender. Not a hundred, well, I got this commitment. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, sir. But we don't see surrender the same as commitment. And therefore, when something interrupts our Sunday, when something interrupts our Bible study, when something interrupts what we're supposed to be doing God's way, we forget the attitude, we just change our commitment. Life's daily about surrendering your will. See, you can start on a path of being the maximum man in your family. Your wife, come on guys, your wife needs a husband who is surrendered. Your wife needs a, she does. Your kids need a dad who is surrendered. Not just says they're committed, but surrendered. Surrender. Your boss needs an employee who is surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. And then they work as under the Lord. So that's what surrendered. This has to happen daily. You know, I, I was thinking about this, and this is easy to talk about, but it's not the easiest thing to do until you get this as a daily part of your life. 
You daily have to surrender. But you can't surrender until you really know what you're surrendering to. Think about that. You can't surrender unless you know what you're saying. Because this isn't about holding a gun to your head. This is a willing surrender. This is a willing lifting my hands. But until you daily have him in your life, then you don't have him there to submit to. You'll submit to everything. Jesus said, not my will, but yours. Boy, I've thought a lot about this. I've prayed and meditated this verse. Very few short words. Not my will, but yours. How did he do that? How did he say, not my will, but yours be done? How did Jesus do that? I've just thought and thought. Come on, how did he do it? Here's how. He knew God's will. Uh, not my will, but yours. He didn't, hey, had a check. He had a thought. He had some, um, well, the way he said, it's not going to be my way, is he knew the other way. That's what we're doing here. We're learning the other way so it doesn't have to be our way. That's what we did last night. That's what we're doing this morning. Jesus said, not my will, but yours. What I'm wanting to do is get a bunch of men who imitate God and say, not my will, but yours. Surrender. That's what we've got to be doing. We have to surrender. What does a man look like who is looking like Jesus? What does a man look like who's looking like Jesus? You've got to know Jesus before you can know what to look like. So there's got to be some daily Bible study. There's got to be some in the Word. There's got to be some time in prayer. There's got to be some time with family. There's got to be all of this. But until you learn who Jesus is, then you open yourself up to a lot of other options. What I'm trying to say today is you get to the point where you've surrendered and there is no option about church. There is no option about Friday night. There is no option about, see, surrender means no options except for who you surrendered to. Commitment means I'll honor that as long as I want to. See, I'm committed to paying the bill until I don't, and then they can come get it. So I made that commitment, but I'm stepping out of it. We have a society right now that has, has dumbed down commitment. We aren't committed to marriage. That's why 50% plus of marriages end in divorce. We're not committed. We're not a committed society because we forgot what surrender means. Surrender. We've got to surrender. No options on going to church. No options on my job. No options on whether I'm going to be in the Word or not. No options on how much time I'm spending in prayer. There's no option because I'm surrendered. Well, I'm going home, man. I'm making a commitment. That'll work for a week or two. But until you surrender to the Lord Jesus, you've got an issue. Romans 12, verse 1. I want to read this out of the message, so if you don't have the message, just listen to this, because I think it's really profound. Romans 12, verse 1, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. 
readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. I like that. Readily recognize what he wants from you. How do you do that? By spending time with him. Readily recognize. You don't know what he wants from you if you ain't talked to him. You don't know what he wants from you if you haven't been in your word. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, men. Develops well-formed maturity in you. If you want to be the maximum man, you got to allow God to develop you. But the way you do that is be in church. Be around men that are godly. Watch who you're hanging with. Get in your word. Our church just started a men's, we're starting on Monday morning. Our church gave out a bunch of men's devotion books. And we're all as men, our whole church, as men are going through this devotion book, starting on Monday morning, reading, getting involved. Being, see, I'm, we got to take a step. And there's got to be a maximum man that's going to step up and say, I'll take responsibility here. We got to grow some men. What are you going to do when you leave here? All of you that go to a different church, go home and be the catalyst in your church to bring men to a different level. But know this, to do that, you've got to do it. You've got to surrender. Got to surrender. A pastor tells how he helped people struggling to surrender their lives to Christ. And here's what he said. For many years, I worked in New York City and I counseled at my office any number of people who were wrestling with life. Often, I would suggest they walk with me from my office down to the RCA building on Fifth Avenue. In the entrance of that building is a gigantic statue of Atlas, a beautiful proportioned man who with all his muscle straining is holding the world upon his shoulders. There he is, the most powerful built man in the world, and he can barely stand up to his own burden. Now that's one way to live. The pastor would look over at the person he was counseling and he would say, trying to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders is making you look weak. But now, come across the street with me. And on the other side of Fifth Avenue is St. Patrick's Cathedral. Eight or nine years old, there's a shrine of the boy Jesus. With no effort, he's holding the world in one hand. My point was illustrated graphically, he said. We have a choice. We can carry the world on our shoulders, or we can say, I surrender my world to you, Lord. I give you my whole world. Today, my prayer is, men, that we give our world our area to the Lord. Now in that, he will give you instructions of how you can be the maximum man. And I just kind of felt it was important that we defined maximum man because we're trying to attain something this weekend, right? We're trying to be the greatest, the best. We're trying to get as much as possible. Well, the way you do that is you, you get Jesus in your view day in, day out. 
Get the word in your view. Day in. Come on, get buy, buy as many CDs, buy as many podcasts, sign up for. Get everything you can into you so you're daily looking more and more like Jesus. Surrender to his way. And guys, we'll make an impact for this world. Right here, it can start. It can start going out in our churches, in our community, my community. My community is going to be different because I was at the Maximum Man Conference. My community is going to be different. I can tell you my marriage will be different. I can tell you for certain my kids will be raised different. My life will be different because I sat under teaching, and then that was a catalyst that let me go into my home and be a catalyst and make a difference in the lives of people for the glory of Jesus. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. Stay connected with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Download the CMC app by searching Christian Ministries Church in the App Store for iOS and Android. For more information about CMC and upcoming events, go to cmchurch.com.